Hello and welcome. This is the Yoga Revolution podcast. My name is Jeevana Heyman. My pronouns are he and him. This podcast is an exploration of how we can live yoga right now and how we can apply the yoga teachings in our lives. We'll discuss the intersection of yoga and social justice, as well as how to build a practice that supports our activism. All my guests are contributors to my new book, Yoga Revolution, Building a Practice of Courage and Compassion. Thanks so much for joining me. Let's get started. Hi, everyone. Uh, thanks again for joining us. Um, I'm so excited about my guest today. Yogi J. Miles is here with us. Hey, hey, Jay. How Hello. are you? Hello, everyone. Hello. Hi. And I wanted to introduce you. Um, so Jay Maz is a yogi, martial artist, body worker, retired breakdancer, community activist, and the son of a Baptist minister. He's been learning and studying Eastern arts and philosophy for nearly two decades. <clears throat> His classes aim to create for each person a fluid, sustainable, and enjoyable practice that hopefully will prove to be beneficial over a lifetime. And even as this ancient practice continues to evolve, the mantra continues to be practice as effort towards steadiness of mind. Also, I know that Jay, you didn't put it in your bio, but you're um, one of the co-founders with Shankari of the State of Union Yoga, right? Yep. Mm -hmm. And other stuff too. You didn't put much in here actually. Well, you know, the bio keeps evolving and okay. I'm, I, I used to be pretty good at writing bios and descriptions of things. And it's like, how much information is really necessary? How much do people really want to know? And I was listening intently because I was like, okay, is he going to say, like, is where I work current or, you know, the thing, are things current? Um, yeah, there's other stuff like, you know, I'm a body worker, like um, I practice Reiki. Um, you know, I mean, I'm an urban gardener yeah uh, you know so there's 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 other things and um what about project I, yoga richmond oh, that's a big one. oh my gosh yeah <laughs> it is you know but in pyr has been around so long well long in terms of like uh 2010 i think when we like opened the doors to the studio so we're going on 12 years, 12 years in November of 2022. Hmm. Uh, and, and they've done so much work, undergone some changes. So, you know, there's no longer a studio uh, place to go practice yoga in person. Um, Project Yoga moved out of the big place and into an office to do operations. And there's a lot of outside things happening. Um, still a lot of community awesomeness that goes on. I was part of a beautiful Juneteenth ceremony um, back in June, and I'm teaching a big class on September 25th here in Richmond at the museum, uh, Lord willing, and the creek don't rise, uh, which will be outside, you know? I mean, because you know, even though we don't know. Yeah. And so I in the unknowing sometimes i i don't i guess tell enough of, of of myself because again i don't know what people want to know about me mm -hmm. i appreciate you wanting to get to know me though thank you so much yeah <laughs> well we can talk today more about that about you i want to hear about yeah. you and your 
your past a little bit and okay. your experience with yoga. I, I like to start though, I've been starting these episodes uh, with the different contributors to my book by asking them to read their contribution. Cause I think okay. that's a good like launching point for the conversation and it connects back to this theme of yoga revolution book. So do you want to do that? You have sure. that open, yeah. pull it up. All right. So my service and social justice work has become my practice. I feel like I've lost the distinction between what it means to have a yoga practice and what it means to simply live my life according to my highest principles. Living in this black body has never been so important as it seems to be now, and it feels nearly as dangerous as it has ever been. <laughs> Being steeped in a practice that provides me with the tools to address my spirituality has also given me the tools to fully address my humanity. Yoga has given me the ability to address and attend to my own individual healing and therefore my own personal liberation. There's safety within myself that no one can take away from me. I guess you could say that my yoga practice has given me courage. Hmm. Yeah. I love that. I love that you kind of chuckled while you're reading it. Yeah. That's so great. I love that. It's like you forget, right? You forget sometimes. Uh, yeah. It, wow. But as the as the meme and the gift says, it's true though. It's true though. You yeah. know, it's true though. That's that's how I feel. Um, yeah. yeah, there's a lot going on, Jivana, like with my with, you know, I guess what I view as my yoga practice and I mean we all you know, we, it all changes, right? Like Whatever the goal was when we start out may not and probably shouldn't be the same goal that we have 20, 25 years in. Yeah. You know, and so, I mean, I never had like these like, like physical goals to be maybe a little bit to be, I don't know, more flexible or stronger or any of those things. But I, I went into yoga looking for myself mm. you know i was on um a, a kind of a desperate search mm. um to be in contact with that highest part of myself why were you so desperate like, why were you desperate though <clears throat> i just needed to know I just needed to like, I needed to maybe a craving, but it still, it seems really intense. Right. Um, I mean, I think at the time of my younger life, I had grown up, uh, you know, in the Baptist church and that suited me for a time. Um, I was going through a period of separation and subsequent divorce. I had young kids like financially I was unstable, like where I was living was unstable. And in all of that instability, what I started to look for was like inner stability. Mm -hmm. Like how could I like, you know, in the midst of all of this chaos, like find like some still point. And so something was calling me, calling me in literally. Mm -hmm. You know, it's funny. I just, you know, I like words. So I'm thinking about instability 
the word mm -hmm. or the two words instability. <laughs> I see. Instability. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And I started to just I realized that like what I was seeking, what I was searching for wasn't going to be found outwardly. I knew I guess intuitively that whatever I was searching for was already there. And so I started to look for the tools to help me dig that up. And um, martial arts became a tool, studying, um, researching ancient philosophies and histories became a tool. And then ultimately yoga became a tool um, to the point where, you know, some years later after I've been studying yoga for a while, um, my Kung Fu teacher, I remember him saying to me, you're already Sifu of yoga right and i was like you know that like coming from my teacher recognizing me as a teacher was like pretty profound because at that time you know i was teaching yoga class and i understood that i had this sort of i was dropping into this profession of yoga teacher which was basically me sharing what i know mm -hmm. to being recognized as such which was mm -hmm. a a little bit of a, it was a big, it was a different feeling. Um, but back to the quote, like it's always been about like some inner search, mm -hmm. which is why now I'm at a place where, you know, 20 years later, almost, um, I'm looking for ways to like sort of step outside of like who I've been as a yoga teacher mm -hmm. and drop back into that craving. Like I want to oh, drop back boy. into like that inner search a little bit, you know yeah. what I mean? Um, Cause now I really know what to look for. Hmm. That's you awesome. know, I feel like, yeah. I feel like I really know what to look for. I feel like I'm, I've, I've, maybe if I haven't mastered the tools, maybe I use them really, really well. Mm -hmm. um, and, and so now, like, I need the I need the time to like, really investigate myself a little bit more thoroughly. Mm. That's uh, awesome. Can I go back to something you said, though, you, you were yeah. saying that um, when you were younger, you always you kind of always knew that what you're looking for is found inside. You said something like that. And I just wondered yeah. if you could talk more about that. Like always as a child, even do you feel like you had that sense that, or just, yeah, like what does that mean to you? I guess like to have that sense that what we're, you're seeking is inside of you. That's like the essence of yoga and spiritual practice. And you said it so <laughs> clearly. Yeah. Um, did I know it as a child? Probably not. But I mean, I was a little bit, you know, as a child, I was a little bit more studious, a little bit more reflective. Um, you know, I, I feel like I might have daydreamed a lot. I might have like been really like trying to cultivate some inner space. I liked being quiet and alone. You know what I mean? So, and I never really, I never really found my fulfillment from like outer things. 
So I've never been like, I've never found fulfillment by like material, like clothing or cars or, and maybe because I never had the adequate resources to like have those things. And so, you know, basically I was trained by life to not have these materialistic visions because Mm -hmm. maybe they seemed unattainable at the time. You know what I mean? And, you know, and so as I got a little bit older, started to deal with some life a little bit, you know, I I was married very young. I had a family very, very young. And, you know, you know, it's just something in you that's just saying to you, this ain't it. You know, this ain't it. There's something, there's something more. How are you going to find that thing? And I floundered around, literally <laughs> flopped around for about four or five years um, until I found yoga. Mm-hmm. And yoga was a thing that it was like yoga. Again, I found martial arts. I found Kung Fu. I found Capoeira. I started dancing again at some point. And so then I started to find an outlet. I found some grounding. I found some discipline. And once I found discipline, like I, I craved more of that mm. at this time. You know what I mean? Like I craved more, like, and I do now, right? So I craved, I craved a lot of, I craved a lot of discipline at the time because I had never really had to be like disciplined to myself. Like it was, it was at a point where I started to recognize that the only person who was going to make the profound changes in my life that needed to be made was going to be me. Mm. Um, and I mean, shoot, man, <laughs> like I'm almost 50 now. So like, you know, people hear this, don't think that like from 25 on, like I became like this monk like character who <laughs> had all his shit together far mm. from it. It's yeah. taken a long, long time. And so I think that's what we do as teachers. Like we we go through the fire of life and we figure out like how to take like the, the philosophies and the disciplines and apply them to life. And then we're like, oh, okay. Mm-hmm. I wish I'd been doing that longer, but <laughs> I haven't. Maybe I can help somebody else. Yeah. You know what I mean? Not go through the the struggle and have the difficult circumstances that I had that were a, a lot self-inflicted, a lot just not being um, self-aware, you know? And I saw this beautiful quote um, in this book I'm reading. It's, um, uh, it's a book of, of Tantra um, hmm. on, oh, I wish it was out here. Um, called desire Mm -hmm. uh and it just sort of talks about being completely like mindful and aware from time to time of the moments and then learning how to string those those moments together Mm -hmm. until we're at a point um, where the the awakening, the the deep self awareness, is actually is the awareness, right? Like we don't have to drop into into you know 
15 minutes of Nadi Shodna and 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 then drop into the space of stillness and, and quiet contemplation to then become aware of, oh shit, I'm connected. No, like that's our every waking sort of existence. That's mm-hmm. why I said like there's no distinction now mm-hmm. between what I deemed as a yoga practice from the way that I sort of live my life. Now I recognize that if I don't continue to to clean out and sharpen my tools, mm-hmm. um, they're not gonna help me as much. You know, which is again why like I've been feeling this call um mm-hmm. recently to to drop back into that that place where I was when I was young when I had like the urge like the not mm-hmm. like is like what is that thing that we feel that spirit is calling us right so now that now that I know what that sounds like now that I know what that looks like right right now I can go back in and say okay spirit i've cultivated like awareness i've cultivated the tools to like really like be able to sit down at the table with you Mm. like now i want like a really deeper and even more personal relationship with Mm -hmm. that deeper part of myself yeah um so that probably didn't answer your question man yeah you did i always knew (laughs) you always knew That's that's awesome. You answered me. I, I think it was really clear. I love I love that aspect of Tantra, the idea of like integration between, you know, different parts of ourselves. Cause I think in the yoga tradition it, there's duality, you know, we have the body and spirit right. as separate and or the body and mind and then the spirit. And we're trying to like in a way separate them more. Even though we talk about yoga being union, really we're always trying to like separate out just think like what is spirit? Yeah. What is, what is body mind and then in yeah. tantra it seems like there's more of that intersection it seems like a, yeah. a, a easier task to take what you have that's intrinsically connected and understand those connections as opposed to trying to like tear those connections apart yeah you know it just seems like i mean maybe not the easier path but yeah this formidable to work with you got as opposed to breaking down what you got completely and then trying to build something else up without all right. the parts of yourself. Like we need all the parts of ourselves to yeah. like live this life. Yeah, um, I love that. seems like you need both though, right? Like you need to like, first, I think you kind of need to see, oh, I see there's this part of me and there's this part of me. And then see, wait, how do these actually work together? And, and what is the relationship between my spirit and my body and mind you know not not just where are they distinct but also how do they connect to each other in the in the quote you talk about um feeling that there's danger and i think you said let's see um Mm -hmm. it feels nearly as dangerous as it has ever been that's the part where you kind of had a reaction and then you go on to say that there's safety within myself that no one can take right. away from me. And I thought that was so powerful, the way you identified how, you know, the world doesn't feel safe, but you can find that within. I wonder if you could talk about that. So the whole quote is something around, it feels really important to be a black man in the world, but it still, it, it feels every bit as dangerous. Yeah. Um, 
Yeah, so it feels like to be a, a, a brown person in the world right now, everywhere, especially where lots and lots of brown people live, whether it's India or Haiti or in the Middle East, there's a lot of calamity. Um, here in America, um, you know, every everything that's going on, um, we're as as the BIPOC community. Um, this is from my perspective. I feel like we always get the shortest end of the stick. Even when legislation is passed, remember they recently passed like the Asian hate crime bill. That's awesome. How come there's never been a black hate crime bill? Mm. Like they hung thousands of people all over the South from the late 1800s to the 60s. And still like, they're still kind of hanging people now. It's just kind of, you don't hear about it mainstream, but they're still hanging black people, listeners. If I, I mean, I don't know what, what constitutes a hate crime, but I feel like hanging black people is a hate crime. Yeah. Yet there's never been any type of bill passed to make it a federal offense to target black people with hate. Mm-hmm. Again, I mean, we kind of, I think in the, in the, in the shoot like get like some of the repercussions because I think it's not just Asian. It's, it's about hate crime in general. But they were really, really quick to, this bill got passed at lightning speed. And so then we start getting into them conversations about, about proximity. And like, so as a person of color, as a black man of color, like I, I feel like I mean, if you're a black trans person, you're probably even like further away proximity from 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 power. Mm-hmm. But you know, I I, st- I don't feel any safer than probably my dad felt in the fifties or sixties. Mm-hmm. You know, like whether it's from the laws that are passed, or even you know, I don't live from far from. You can't tell it because there's so much nature here, but I don't, I live like three blocks from high crime area mm-hmm. in my town. Mm-hmm. Um, so there's like that kind of safety. You know, you got a bunch of disenfranchised people who are like, some of them are really, really desperate, you know? Um, and then even when there's like good things that happen, like so Virginia became a state that legalized cannabis um, in order to actually like step into the arena of in, in, the, in the material capitalist business world of that, it's the most difficult for us to gain any access to that, whether it's we don't have the land to grow crops or the resources or, you know, the licensing procedure is like way more expensive than the average person can, can actually afford. And so it just feels like in the days and times that we have, like we're still not at the equitable playing field that where, where we all want to be. Um, and so with that all being said, 
as Hawa said, there's um, universal reality. Hmm. So I understand that we're all one, that I'm connected to source, that even ultimately this might not be real. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, we're living in the Maya, in the illusion, in the, in the, uh, uh, what's the divine, in the Lila? Like, mm-hmm. right, we're all here in the, in the play. And so like when we're somewhere where it's all an illusion and it's a part of play, what do I, what should I be doing? I should be playing. Mm-hmm. I should be having fun. Right. And so there's a recognition that I have, again, the tools always come back to the yoga and the discipline. Mm -hmm. So I have the understanding within myself that ultimately, no matter what's going on, it's a choice that I can make to either be in joy or not in joy. Mm -hmm. I can choose to like live in a place of manifested abundance or not. I can choose to um, recognize within myself that not only do I have resources, but I'm I'm literally the resource, mm-hmm. right? Resourceful means that we're full of resource. It doesn't mean like we we can fucking like use like uh, uh, safety pins and paper clips to like like MacGyver and like make something happen. <laughs> It means that we're connected to the source and resource. Like it's continuous. Like it continues to reestablish itself. It continues to like come forth. I love, and so, I love your puns, Jay. It's like it's like Swami Satchidananda, you know, with his puns. I don't even know with him too, because resource, right? It's like you're talking about source and then resource. It's so resource. It's so That's a good one. I mean, these words come from somewhere. Yeah. These words, there's someone who like who who identified that the word had power and we can identify with the power in the words like we have that power, too. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, dude, like the the all of these. All of the 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 manuals that we have here, right, that have been placed, given us, whether it's the Bible or the Quran or the Yoga Sutras, or the Bhagavad Gita, or the Purans, or like the Tao Te Ching, or like whatever like the thing was, like it gives us like not so subtle clues of what to do. Mm-hmm. It's like those teachers and masters like said, I'm going to lay out a formula. I'm going to lay out a plan. I'm going to give you a path. Now, nowhere in that does it say the formula is easy to figure out. Or the path isn't going to be rocky and difficult and hard to navigate. And there's going to be some stumbles along the way. You, you're going to stub your pinky toe through life numerous times. <laughs> but yeah. we still got to, like, keep, like, moving to whatever that that thing is that's calling us. Like, like what is dharma you know what i mean and like how do we like what does that even mean it's not just a word it's like something that like that's an actual thing that we if we want to if we decide to align ourselves with it it gives us it gives us purpose Mm -hmm. so i think what that quote at the end of the day said is like i've chosen to live my life with purpose 
Mm-hmm. And there's a lot of comfort and strength in that. There's a lot of power in that. Mm-hmm. You know, I relate everything to yoga and martial arts. Like when you when you get to a place when you're practicing martial arts where you know that you can defend yourself. Mm-hmm. Like you know that you are safe because you know you can do something about it. That's a powerful feeling. Mm-hmm. And so I took I took that and ran with it. Yeah. I love that. It reminds me it reminds me of um Victor Frankl, who I talk about in the book a lot, I don't know if you know his his work, you know, from the Holocaust and Man's mm-hmm. Search for Meaning, because you talk about purpose and that's giving you, it sounds like you're saying that's giving you the courage, that's giving you the sense of safety. And that's yes. what he talks about, you know, like his whole philosophy is based on that. Like if you have meaning, if you have purpose, which I think is another word for being resourced, uh, mm-hmm. being connected to the source, then you have courage, you have strength to continue on no matter how hard your challenges are, right? Like even in the Holocaust, in the prison camps, he was able to survive. He had purpose, he had meaning, and he watched other people too who had that same reaction. Um, I feel it's like you're saying a similar thing, yeah. Um, I want to go back to something else you said that was touching to me. I don't know, it got piqued my interest, which was about how you feel like at this moment in your life, you want to turn back within more and use the teachings that you've been teaching for yourself. Like, that's what I heard you say. Um, and I'm just mm-hmm. curious what about that, because I, I mean, as a teacher, you know, I've been teaching a long time and I think it's really easy to get into a trap where you're always teaching and you're not really practicing. You might be practicing a little, but you're not taking it to that next level. And I know for myself mm-hmm. that that's been true because when I was younger, before I had kids, honestly, before I had kids, um, I had the time and the space for long retreats and tons of practice. And then once the kids came along and life got busy, it's harder. I fit in practice every day, but it's not the same as going off for a week or for a month or whatever. So I guess I just wondered, is that what you're talking about? Is like spending more time going deeper? Hmm. Everything's been building up to this. I think, you know, we do a lot of, research and study for other people so that we can we gather information internalize it so that then we can give it to other people maybe in a more palatable form and easier to understand or navigate form and so there's a lot of information coming in and a lot of information going out and like we do retain some but I just for my own self, like, I feel like I haven't taken the time out to do that. And you said something really important about going on these retreats and everything. So we, we've created these, these tranquil spaces for ourselves for the sole purpose of like every day in our life, it feels like we're on a spiritual retreat. It feels like we're on a spiritual journey. Even if you don't do anything, like you walk out inside in your garden and it feels like you just stepped into a vortex, mm-hmm. right? Because you've, you've put so much love, energy into that thing. You've put so much care into it. You've created a space of peacefulness for yourself. And so 
stepping away from a lot of these different roles I hold as teacher um, to free up that time and energy to drop into my own practice, like even like self-led. I see folks that are, you know, who are just stepping into like a, a yoga practice and saying, well, I've been mostly like self-led, right? Or self-taught, mm-hmm. which is good if you had a place to start from, you know, but if you didn't have a place to start from, what happens when people are self-taught, when they actually meet a teacher, the teacher has to go in and like undo all of the bad habits that you formed because you felt like being self-taught was the best way to establish. Now, for some that works. So I just want to take all of the teachings that I've received over the years from all of the teachers and I want to like drop into those spaces, whether it's yoga asana or pranayama, whether it's deepening my meditation, whether it's, you know, dropping into other practices that I've always been curious about and and haven't stepped into like Kundalini, whether it's getting more of what I can get from my Kung Fu teacher as he gets old and gets to a place where he can't show me the things like I learned a lot from him, but I probably learned like 10% of what he actually knows Mm -hmm. and, you know, and probably needs to share at this point in his life. And so I can't really do that if I'm worried about other people. If I'm if I'm leading, you know, 15 hours of YTT every weekend and like, you know, trying concerned about people signing up for my Zoom class and, you know, all of these different things um, that pull us away from the desire to get more closely connected with that innermost part of ourselves. And so I feel like by the stripping down of some things, um, I think it will give me the time. Now, I have to be disciplined. Like, I can't, like, move, like, myself away from some things where I have energy, space, and time and then start filling that up with uh, with things other people need from me. Oh, Jay, well, since you're not doing this thing, can you come do this thing for me? Uh-huh. Right. Because that's what will happen, which is why when I made this post about me uh, like easing up on taking any classes, one of the things that I said was forgetting entirely that I had this happening today was I might do a podcast or two. (laughs) (laughs) So uh, I'm like, look at like when we're connected to the source, like it's magic. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Even if we pre-planned it. You know, you ever like like set yourself up for future success, whether you 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 bought something. It's like, oh, this thing, I don't I sometimes we do stuff, materials, like random purchases, and the thing never comes out the box. But but every so often we we might buy a thing, not know why. And then when the need is there, we pull the thing out. It's like magic. It's like, look, yeah. I knew it. I knew oh. I was gonna need this thing. <laughs> you know, and so I just feel like when, when we're like really connected to abundance, I wrote this whole like prayer, mantra, positive affirmation, whatever you want to call it about being in recognition that we can call in abundance and that we can call in resources yeah. and that we are undoubtedly 
connected to the source of all things because the source of all things wants us to to do our best yeah that's how i feel yeah i i agree like when you talked about um the magic of it i sometimes think of it like in my practice too that practice prepares me for when i really need it you know it's like when i am when i am facing a challenge in my life i think thank god you know i've had that practice to support me because otherwise this situation right now would just be completely overwhelming Mm -hmm. and that practice that i've done prepared me a little bit more so at least i had that so i always feel very grateful that um that i have a practice that i have a connection uh to the teachings that i can draw on them in times of need you know and that's why it's good to practice when you feel good too right because then yeah like you don't know what's going to happen next I literally, so I, I did this 31 days of transformation challenge back in January and every day I had a positive affirmation and I I kept those 31 affirmations, some familiar, some had come to me. And so I started to draft them in a 31 day of transformation, I don't know, book, I guess. And literally in day two, as I'm, I'm going back and I'm looking at the Facebook videos of myself, like leading these meditations or whatever, the thing that I said is when we breathe consciously, like we're continuing to connect ourselves to the magic, to that mystical part of ourselves. Um, when we're in our practice, like we're, we're always, always like rubbing up against the divine. Like every time we, we, with full awareness and sovereignty, like we're always reconnecting with the divine. Each and I mean, even the, the word, like the, the word respiration mm-hmm. has something to do with spirit returning, mm-hmm. you know? constantly over and over again um and i don't know at some point in time even uh, i just decided to look at life like that mm-hmm. like how can i become like you see them 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 old monks that used to come out to yogaville all them old dudes would be happy jovial mm-hmm. all the time most of the time I, I feel like Oswami Marugananda, the, the Oswami who lived out there, was like a little bit like the bitter monk from one of my favorite Kung Fu movies. But I feel like he, you know, he had like a little bit more of a, a, a challenging life. You always need like a one old grumpy monk, you know, to like balance out all the rest of the like jovial, like making silly joke monks. Uh-huh. Um, you know what I'm talking about. Shout out Swami Marugananda. Like, super cool guy i've had many many conversations with him but he's definitely like grouchy Mm -hmm. a lot of the time (laughs) yeah you're talking about yogaville um yeah there's there's some great people there amazing inspiration yeah they are i mean look do you ever talk about i know you're asking me the question but do you ever like (laughs) when do you ever talk about lineage in the way that that people talk about their people we don't have lineage 
You know what I mean? So there's a lot of, of, uh, there's a lot of disparagement in the yoga community about who has lineage and who's abusing power and, um, who's taking yoga for granted or not acknowledging. There's a lot of, as Anjali said, um, of what yoga isn't and not enough of what yoga is Mm. out in the, in the, in the world, especially in social media. And one of the things that I realized is like, I don't talk about my lineage enough. Mm -hmm. Now, aside from whatever, how can I put this? Um, whatever dramas they may that may unfold in a in a community of humans, yeah, spiritual or otherwise, the teachings themselves are pure. I think in a mm-hmm. through line, yeah, right. That lineage goes, you know, beyond Yogaville. It even goes beyond Swami Sachidananda to an extent. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know what I mean? And, oh, yeah. and, and we should, I think we should like be a little bit more proud that we, we do come from a lineage of yogis. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I mean, I talk about it in the book a little, there's a, there's a tension there for me for sure, mm-hmm. because I want to be, I, I want to be, um, respectful and share and express my gratitude for that for the mm-hmm. teachings which i feel incredibly grateful i got to spend a lot of time with swami Satchidananda, and a lot of the senior teachers were they're my main teachers in my life and those monks that you mentioned through um, yogaville and san francisco integral yoga institute mostly mm-hmm. swami ramananda mm-hmm. in particular and so many others and um and, and I should say we share the same lineage, obviously, from this conversation, people get that. But uh, and I do talk about it in the book, but I also say there has been, you know, there's some abuse within integral yoga. And I and I try to talk about that too openly and about the the tension I find there between those two things. You know, it's like yeah. how there's appreciation and also frustration and, and like, you know, how do we how do we find how do you get the good part of the teachings without getting caught up in all that drama? And and I talk about um, my relationship with Swami Satchidananda personally and how and how that was so inspiring to me. I mean, he was incredibly kind to me and generous with me personally. And yet I know that there's people who um, he had sexually abused. So I feel like there's this tension there for me. And, yeah. and I do feel grateful to have a connection to the teachings. He was an amazing, amazing teacher. And like he translated the teachings beautifully. You know, and the whole, like you said, the lineage back to Swami Shivananda. And then before that, I mean, it is a long lineage um, connected to, I'd say, classical teachings of yoga, the, the sutras in particular, you know, which mm-hmm. Swami Satchidananda translated so beautifully. And the Bhagavad Gita, he also translated so well. And mm-hmm. and that's, they're like the guiding lights in my life, you know. So how can I not feel just so grateful to him, but also get that he was a person. And so then he had his human faults so there's that you know there's that tension i try and explore in the book because i feel like yeah like you said these days we kind of just throw the baby out with the bathwater. <laughs> but but i get it you know because abuse is unacceptable so right it's like how do you yeah. find the teachings you know and um how do you find a source you know and it's, what does it mean to have a guru yeah yeah it's it's difficult 
because a lot of the the teachings that I learned over time in the yoga, I guess, organizations or styles that I was affiliated with seem to have over the, the course of time come under fire for different things. And and I think that it's important to have a teacher, I think, mm-hmm. along the path. At least someone who's who's taken the time out to have done the studies and 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 done the work. But there's a a difference in making somebody your guru. Mm-hmm. And honestly, like I don't think we are Obviously, like, I, I've never been to India, and so I know that, you know, they're still, like, gurus. Mm-hmm. But we call everything a guru now. It's my accounting guru. <laughs> yeah. You know what I mean? It's my, yeah. <laughs> my, my, you know, my yeah. whatever guru, my, my, my swimming guru. Yeah. But, but I literally think there's a shift. I, I feel things have changed now. And, mm-hmm. I mean, it's just yoga, contemporary yoga is different than traditional yoga because the teachings, the teachings of course are the same, but the way they are being shared and taught is different. And I, I think we're so connected now, like you and I are connected like Mm -hmm. over time, like occasionally we reconnect and like so many, I feel like there's this community of people of yoga practitioners that I'm connected with. And I honestly would say that's my guru right now is that community is my teacher. Yes. And Swami Satchitananda. Yeah, I mean Swami Satchitananda. I would say he had that place in in my heart, and he still does. But I no longer look to him for that guidance. I look for the teachings, but I look, I find them also from you. I find them from all the people, like all the people in this book. That's what I did this for. Like that's why I have contributors in this book to show that there are so many incredible teachers out there. Um, and I talk in the book, too, about what does it mean to have a guru today? Like, how do we find that in the community? And actually, we have to do a better job at that. We need to yeah. be a little more generous, I'd say, with each other, right. you know, and, and yeah. supportive, supportive and share openly. Because I think one of the things I see is like a lot of the sharing we do is um, the kind of social media sharing just of the good stuff. And you, I have to say, you do a great job, in my opinion. You share honestly. Like, I watch you on social media. You, you do videos. You just say what you're feeling. And you don't really, you're not worried about what people are going to think about you so much. You feel very much, very authentic. And I think you're just trying to be your be yourself for others, like connect in that way. And that's what I'm talking about. Like, how do we, how do we show each other that part of ourselves and right. also the hard, the dark side too, so that we can be more like humans and spiritual beings together um, as we kind of grow and and learn from each other in this kind of evolution, right, that we're going through. Yeah, I think we need to shift the way that we uh, consider one of my students, actually, who was like a just like already like this wise woman um, was in YTT. And, and when I say like, literally like this wise woman, she just hadn't been in a yoga teacher training, but in terms of, you know, herbalist and meditation and 
all of that medicine woman stuff, like, like the yoga teacher training certification was just like a thing really wasn't necessary, but now she has this tool, but she reminded us during her 30 minute demo that things germinate in the darkness, Hmm. right? Seeds, you know, this seed, you can't put a seed on the picnic table and, and keep it wet and expect something to happen to it. It has to go to a dark place where it can be somewhere in comfort, somewhere, you know, in some dark, energetic, warm, healing energy so that I can grow. Even us, like we can't, I mean, you ever try to go to sleep with the lights on? Right. It sucks. You know what I mean? So even us taking rest is an invitation for us to check in with some darkness. Mm-hmm. You know, and so I think literally that like the difficult times that we've had or even the times when we chose to maybe do something that maybe we wouldn't do now. Right. That those dark times, those darker times were like our opportunities to to learn something, to grow, to to germinate something or, you know, something else grows mm-hmm. in that. Like even the smelly old compost pile. <laughs> shit loves to grow out of there all the time yeah you know what i mean like you're like oh it's so disgusting you got tomatoes growing you have like peppers and pump you'd like have everything wants to grow in this in this sort of dark murky i mean it's the the easy story of the lotus yeah you know the whole humble beginnings dark murky under the like not even underwater but like in the in the muddy dirt under the water yeah and it has to rise up out of I that darkness. That. I love, I think that it's like the theme of our talk today is like spiritual practice as compost. <laughs> yes. Yeah, it's like, that's what you're talking about. We got to make that good soil, man. Yeah, you're talking we about gotta that. We got to make that good soil. And it takes, sometimes it takes like a little bit of the messy parts of our lives to make that good soil. Mm-hmm. It's not just like, we just can't like pour like some lime and vermiculite and think that it's going to like, we got to put like something else in there and we got to moisten it up a little bit, Yeah, you know, um, with our experience, with our practices, with our relationships. It's awesome being in, in, in community, um, with you. And even though I'm, you know, I'm not an accessible yoga teacher, but I feel like I'm in the accessible yoga community. Yeah. You know what I mean? Um, because like, I, yeah. I just appreciate the fact that, that someone decided to address the needs of everyone. Yeah. Anyone who wants to be in the accessible yoga community is in the accessible yoga community. Is that the whole <laughs> deal? The whole point. <laughs> Good. Awesome. Awesome. It's, it's accessible to anyone who wants. To. I'll take it. I'll take it. Okay, Jay. I want. We need to wrap it up. So just right. tell me anything else that you wanted to share. This has been amazing. So, so what's honestly, um, if you are a, I don't know, if you're a yoga studio owner or someone who's offering or leading a yoga teacher training. I'd love to come and be a part of your training in some way, whether it's like teaching yoga philosophy, 
from my perspective or teaching how yoga philosophy and transformative justice intersect. Hmm. Otherwise, um, you can go to my website, mahaviraRVA.com, mahaviraRVA.com, and whatever programs I have coming up, like if you want to get on a Zoom and have a private yoga coaching session or just shoot the breeze, hit me up at Yogi J Miles at Mahavira Yoga. Yeah. We'll put those in the notes. We'll have those in the show notes so people can click um, Sweet. You know, on the description for the podcast and find your links. Um, awesome. Yeah. Thank you so much, Jay. No, thank you so much. I really appreciate spending this time with you and learning from you. Well, you're my guru through this for this time. Thank yeah, you well, <laughs> I appreciate it. You know, like attracts light, brother. We're all mirrors and reflections of each other. So mm. there you go. Okay. Thanks so much. Take care. Much love. You as well, man. Right. Peace. Okay. Bye. Thanks so much for listening and joining the conversation. Yoga is truly a revolutionary practice. Thanks for being here. If you haven't already, I would love for you to read my book, Yoga Revolution, Building a Practice of Courage and Compassion. It's available wherever books are sold. Also, you can check out my website, jivanaheyman.com. There's some free classes on there and a meditation, and you can find out more about my upcoming trainings and other programs. Hope to see you next time. Thanks. Bye.